All right, this is Hyperborean Radio. I'm Celtic God. With me is the Lore Keeper. How Hello. you doing? Yeah, uh, so if you guys like what it is that we're doing, make sure to join us on Patreon so that you can see what we're doing with our upcoming website. And now, I guess, on to the, the topic at hand is everybody has ideologies. Everybody has ideologies. And they can be dangerous. This is true. But they're not necessarily dangerous. But what we have to do is be careful not to allow them to to cloud our vision. Well, and a lot of what we're going to talk about is more the consequences of letting the ideology run away with you. Yeah. The, the zealotry. You can't let the ideology lead the way. You have to let the way lead the ideology, I guess, is one way to word it. There's a thousand ways to, to put it. We got an hour to block this in, I guess, to make our intention very clear. Well, I think a, a good place to start would be some people have asked us recently, how can I fit paganism into my political ideology or how to fit paganism into this or that? The answer is you kind of can't. Yeah. The thing is paganism or the ethnic way or whatever name you decide to give it. The way. Is old. Man, I hate it, Disney for that. Yes. There, it, there's my, my ideology exposed yeah. a little bit. I am firmly anti-Disney. Yes. However, my ideology, I try my best to make sure that my ideology follows our way as opposed to leading the way. Well, and that, that's what I was getting at is the, the way is really, really old. Like, we don't even know how old it is, and it's built up over it's as the old years. As, it's as old as we are. It's yeah. older than us. Yeah, and since we don't know how old we are as a species, we don't know how old the way right. is. I mean, people can throw out a number of years, but when you press the, the experts and they say, well, 100,000 years, it's a guess. They, well, it, they don't know. Well, and then you have all these ideologies that have popped up in the last few hundred years alone. Uh, whether it's existentialism, whether it's uh, the modern brand of stoicism, whether it's different versions of Christianity, whether it's the New Age circle of thought, whether it's republicanism, whether it's socialism, whether it's fascism. Well, and part of what we was talking about earlier, which makes a lot of sense, is the pressure test. You need the pressure test because with ideologies, uh, as you pointed out earlier in our pre-show conversation, there's inherent blind spots that come with it. One of the things that we try to do is we pressure test these to find out where our blind spots are. Well, and that's the thing is you have to actually let observation more. You have to let observation, nature, your own nature as a person actually help govern how you allow your ideology to fit into things. You, What ideology does and what it does to create zealots Mm-hmm is it causes people to start shoving things into slots. You know, the round peg into square hole until you refuse to put the round peg through the right hole. Right. Well, and it's one of the reasons why we can't have a Bible for the way. The Bible meaning a singular book, because a lot of people ask us this, well, what book do, do I read? We're not like, our people just inherently are not like these other religions that everybody's used to where... Okay, there's, here's this book. Read the book, and then we will tell you what the book means. The book doesn't exist. No, there's... It is all of the libraries. It is all of the trees. It is all of the animals. It is all of the people. It is all of the folklore. It is all of the customs. It is all of these things. And the then, spoken and the unspoken. Well, and this is partly why I am personally highly critical of things like Asatru, 
Rudnavri, Vonitru, Rocketru, whatever the hell that is. Well, and it's not that books are useless. It's just to put the book first, it's an inherent flaw. Yes. Well, and that's that's what I was getting at is because I really want to get this out. Okay. Asatru, for instance, part of the reason I'm critical of it is it's it's a religion. And it's actually starting to admit it's a new religion. They used to sell themselves as we're returning to the old way, but now they're just admitting they're a new age religion. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of two wings of it. You have the really hippie, like pink dreadlocked kind of hip uh, Asatru. Yep. Then you have what most people would term the far right Asatru. The thing is, both of these individuals are ignoring the actual folklore, the actual stories, the nature of people, history. Well, the broader story. Let, yeah. Let's word it that way. It's the broader story, which encompasses everything Well, they're else. ignoring the story, the, even the, the minute story, even the edic story. Because, like, for instance, I, I've been telling people this lately because it's true. For some reason, the, the god of thieves, Othan, and the goddess of whores, Freya, have become the two most focused on of the Norse pantheon, at least from different genders. Well, this is nonsense. Let's let's back up a little bit. To call her the goddess of whores, or the god of whores, Freya, is it accurate? Yes. Is it the whole story? Absolutely not. Well, no. It's like calling Othin the, the god of thieves. Yeah, it's, it's not the whole story. Because there's also drunkards. There's also gamblers. There's, there's some fathers in there. As a matter of fact, shit tons of fathers in there. Same way with uh, with Freya. Yeah, she, there's there's it's, more to it yeah, than that. It's more than that. But so the, I just want to get that get that out there so that people understand. It's not a simple. Well, this no is deity the is that simple. Like you can use a deity in like a personified sense of. Well, I I'm using I don't know uh, Apollo as uh, a poetic personification of the sun. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. But he's not literally the sun, and that's not all Apollo is. Just right. like Freya is not just love, or Othan is not just the mind, or what people typically do with him. And part of the reason I'm so hypercritical of these these new age pagan religions that have started up, it, regardless of what side of the political spectrum they fall on, is because they are deliberately taking this massive amount of lore, or even just a small amount, because a lot of them just stick with the Eddas, mm-hmm. and they are deliberately using it to recreate Christianity. Well, and they reconstruct the the folklore. Let's let's pick on the Eddas, because that is a book, or actually it's two novellas being generous. Well, it, well it's, a, it's a textbook and a collection of loose right. poems. Well, like I said, being Many of generous. which unfinished. Okay, so they will selectively choose what it is that they listen to and speak in there and ignore the rest of it. Like, they might tell you the story, what is it, Galfagnin? Or, no. Gil, Gil, um, when Odin went to Odin, to ask the, Odin about Odin. That's the start of uh, Galfagnin, I think. Oh, okay, so yay me, I got the right, the right word, the right name, because I'm shit with names. But, <clears throat> well, you got one group that hyper-focuses on that and says, well, yes, every, everyone and everything is Odin. And then you got the other group that ignores that. It's Odin going to Odin to talk to Odin about Odin so that he can learn about Odin. But Odin doesn't know everything about Odin, so Odin has to call his brothers Odin and Odin because of the list of names. They know that there's a big, long list of names, and then they alter whatever it is by saying, well, there's a list of 200... Odin has over 200 names, so he is everything and anything that I want him to be. That's not how it works. And and that's what allows them to let the ideology 
lead their approach. Well, and that's the thing, is they are taking the the Eddas, or the broader folklore if they bother to do the research, and they are trying to fit it into an already existing ideology that they have. Like, for instance, my criticism of Asatru is they lit, there's literally a wing that made the Asatru Edda. Well, and, and just to clarify, this is us attacking the church idea, the church not idea. the individuals within. No, the individuals. Some of the individuals, no oh. doubt, are pieces of shit, but there are other ones that are, no doubt, very good people. To, to quote Trump, very fine people. But my point being is they, they claim to be taking away the Christian influence, but they hyper-Christianized it. Mm-hmm. Loki is more of a Satan figure. Odin is more of a Yahweh figure. They actually made it into basically the Asatru Bible. Mm-hmm. But that's one side of the spectrum that went hyper-Christian, that went more towards certain ideologies. There's also another wing, and this is what I wanted to get across, is back uh, January 6th whole debacle oh, yeah. with the, the QAnon shaman. I was on social media, and someone had like a, a, a thing of the QAnon shaman, right? The, the, who's a freaking liberal and borderline Hindu. Yeah. Um, and the person is talking about how like Freya and Odin and Tyr and all these deities, the, like the big names from the Norse, would just punish this person and make him suffer for what he's done. And I'm like, okay, first of all, no, because first of all, the gods don't really have a stake in just mortal political right. nonsense. Well, but, and here I am saying maybe, but not for the reasons that you think. No, well, like <laughs> I, I was actually going through the list when yeah. I was talking yeah, to you about ahead. it. It's... Like, Othan would probably get irritated because they didn't steal everything that wasn't nailed down. Uh, including political leverage like the laptop. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a, he's a collector of information and knowledge. Of course he's going to blackmail the fuck. If he could get into every office and blackmail every single politician. He would do it. He would do it. That, that's an Othan move. And then Freya... But she has no she has no horse in this race. Right. Why would she even care? Yeah. Like and not yes, she's more than the goddess of horse. She's the goddess of many things. Mm-hmm. The reason I said goddess of horse is the same reason I call Oath and the God of Thieves. It is something everyone ignores, so I have to play devil's advocate. Right. It's the same thing that I end up doing. If everybody is holding Loki up on a pedestal, I come in and I knock the pedestal down. If everybody is is bashing on Loki, then I step in and I take some of the hits for him. Well, yeah, and that's kind of what I have to do with a lot of it. And it's people are ignoring the God's actual personality because they're, it's just like the Christian God. People will make the Christian God, instead of using his stories in the Bible, they will make him into whatever they want him to be. They mm-hmm. imprint their own personal desires for a deity onto this, and they're doing that with the pagan gods. Because, like, to go back to the January 6th example, Thor. No, Thor probably would get angry at the people there, but not because of what they did in terms of like the, the January what they didn't do. Yes. Because after someone, one of their own was shot, killed in the face. Yes. For effectively no provocation. Thor would have been angry that everyone didn't storm and proceed to beat the other side to death. Yeah. For daring to do that because Thor is a champion and he will use lethal force. These deities these beings. Yes. Uh, sorry, but to Thor, I can't help but say the say the joke. It, the question isn't violence. That's always the answer. No, 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 no. It's or, um, violence isn't the answer. Violence is the question. The answer is yes. Oh, there, there we go. That's the one I was after. Yes, but that is the ideological bending. 
people are ignoring the gods' actual personalities. It, it's a lot like people use historical figures and warp them to become... Same thing with gods, same things with spirits. Like, another th thing a lot of people will do is they have a very um, anti-Semitic mindset. Mm -hmm. Let's go with that. So then all of the big noses for spirits and gods and things become... Well, it's it's coded attacks on beware the Jews or whatever. They ignore the fact that you didn't have to code jack shit until after 1950. Yeah, and like before, nothing was coded about it. People was very open. Oh yeah, people were very open about their dislike of certain groups. Yes, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I think it was like right around the 1980s, actually, when the coding started. Co people started using verbal codes to describe the. Uh, I believe their their technical term is the Jesuits. Nope, that's a different group. The Jews. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until like the 1980s, 1990s when that coding started coming actually into play. Before that, they'd be like, shame on you for talking bad about this group. And then the people would be like, I don't care. But 1980s, 1990s, people started getting punished for it. So then the codes came into playing and to being. So prior to that, no need for a code. So why is the big noses and the big ears code for these people it's not what it is is it's they're old yeah because you're no people notice your nose and your ears get bigger as you get older it's one of the things i've mentioned before is you can't just study folklore you can't just study history you can't just study psychology or biology or ecology if you want to understand all of this you have to dip your toes into all of it and cross-reference everything to get a good context and the nuance of things well and that's the thing is ideology will inherently shrink you down mm -hmm. and here's the thing is you can't understand like the last two thousand three thousand years of european history without having some semblance of an understanding of both how paganism or the ethnic way works and how how christianity works you have to understand both to start putting history together because even if you personally don't believe in either religion or either spiritual view or whatever the frick you want to call it, people do and did, which means it is a viewpoint through history you have to observe so that you can actually understand what's going on. Right. It's like, I don't need to... All the, it, everything needs pressure tested. Well, it's like, I don't, need to, uh, I don't need to like football, like American football. To understand that football is a big part of the culture. The Super Bowl is a big part of the culture. And then if you're if you're really far removed from the culture and you just look at it from an eagle's-eyed view, you end up with like that joke on, uh, I think it's Doctor Who, where it's like, every Christmas they celebrate by eating their god Sandy Claws alive oh, yeah. or something. And it, it's such a mistranslation and un misunderstanding. Like, they eat a Turkish man whole because the turkey, the bird, and the turkey, the you guys, becomes... Right, right. So it's... it's <sighs> and the thing is, is really, any worldview is an ideology. But it should be consistently pressure tested. And the hyper like, a, a lot of the ones that are most prominent, they hyper-focus on certain groups... Like, let me use a stand-in, a bear. And they're like, all bears are, are violent and attacky and they eat people. Well, anybody that's seen a bear knows this is not necessarily, necessarily the case. Anybody that's seen a YouTube video of bears knows this is not the case. Most of them don't give a shit about us. 
there's probably a good number of them never seen a human, so they don't. They might not even know that we exist. There are some that will attack, and then there's some that will attack and kill. You need to be aware of these things. But to say that all, well, no. But it also doesn't mean that you run up and give them all a hug and a kiss on the nose because of the one or two that won't. Well, it's a lot. You need to understand that they're inherently dangerous. Well, it's a lot like people will ask, like, are the Fae dangerous? Well, yeah. Well, are but they so evil? are we. Well, and here's the, the question they're really asking. Are the Fae enemies? The answer is no and yes, because here's the thing. is just like people, the Fae are not a hive mind. Right. So Some ev- of them outright hate us. Yeah, and some of them are rather fond of us. Yeah. There's, uh, thankfully, according to our lore, some of the more powerful ones like Puck and Harlequin are rather enamored by us. Yes. They're at least entertained. Yes. We are at least not boring to them. Yeah. So, it's, it, it, it's this episode is going to consistently come back to pressure testing our ideologies, our ideas, the ideas that guide our lives. It should be the way guiding the, the idea. Which is what we try to do. We constantly pressure test stuff. Like we used to once, just like everybody else, be like Christianity, 2,000 years old, came in, steamrolled Europe, and just took control. We start looking and thinking and pressure testing. And it's like, well, this isn't necessarily the case as presented. It's not that it's not true, but it's not true. Well, it's like the Crusades. Everyone's like, oh, they were great people that truly believed in Jesus Christ. They were mercenaries. Most of the people that fought in the Crusades were mercenaries. That's why they would sack the Pope when he wouldn't pay up. Yeah. Which is in history. Multiple times. Multiple times. You, you can look it up. Multiple times has, has either the Vatican or Vatican City or various large, like uh, uh, I think it's Notre Dame was sacked. Over owing money to mercenaries. Okay, this is hilarious, but I just had a thought. Sacking the Northerners sacking Rome because they owe them money. A honest tradition over two thousand years old. (laughs) Because quite quite simply that might be what caused a lot of the every other Tuesday while they're late on their payments, we're gonna go get it. Well, especially because there's such a different viewpoint from the, the civilized Romans to the northern people. And it's not that the northern people were a bunch of grug want money, grug hit with club. It's like, for instance, you use the example of they will agree to be mercenaries in exchange for payment of seeds and steel and things that the north actually finds useful, Mm -hmm. right? And then they're paid in coin and they're like, this isn't what you promised us. Well, you can go buy the things you want. This isn't what you promised me. I want my payment. Yeah. And then eventually they just end up. That actually literally led to one of the sackings of Rome where they went in. They didn't take no gold. Well, they did take some gold, but that's like, because you made us do this, we're also going to take gold. We're also going to take grain. But the reason that they invaded was steel. Because some of the tribes had done a mercenary act for Rome in exchange for steel. It's it's documented. You can look it up. It might take you some digging, but it's there. And it's rather interesting to me. And then the Romans show up and offer an overpayment of gold and the northern barbarians in their audacity refused payment because they didn't do the thing that they did for gold they did it for steel 
Yes. But Rome Rome figured they'd get one over on the on the northern tribes by because they know what the steel is going to be used for. It's going to be used for armament. It's going to be used for warfare for the most part. They don't want to arm their enemies. So they're like, well, we'll give you gold instead. And the northern tribes are like, no, you won't. It makes sense. Well, and they didn't really use gold in the north as a form of... Uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't really a currency in the north. Yeah, I mean, it's not that it wasn't ever, but it wasn't prominent. We, we were more interested in the north. We was more interested in amber than in gold. We was more interested in shiny colored stones than in gold because gold, at the time, largely useless. Pretty, yes. Yeah, it's, but that's it, it. It's one true value was the fact that it didn't tend to rust. Yeah, so we would make pretty things out of it. Cups and torques and masks and just silly we, things. We made jewelry out yeah, of it. Yeah, we made jewelry out of it. Mostly to hold the precious, what we considered to be the precious part, the precious stones. We still use that word today, the precious stones. We use the gold because it doesn't tarnish to hold the precious stones. So it's basically a plate. We, we didn't really care about it. So to pay us in that when what we did... And I'm using the royal we here was for steel. Yeah. And the ideology behind this, this perceived trade blinded the Romans to, to the, uh, the Northern tribesmen worldview. Well, it's their ideological view of how things should work affected how they could deal with the North. Right. It's a lot like everybody thinks everybody should sing Kumbaya, so if you're ever mean to another group all of a sudden, well, you're just being mean. Or even some, just being mean to Tommy because Tommy's got, I don't know, he's got a hair lip or uh, one eye's a little janky. That, no. Well, here's the thing is sometimes it's actually like the strongman politics. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. There are some countries that if you just try to be congenial with them, they won't listen to you. Yeah. Especially if you don't have any teeth to back it up. Look at Canada. Yeah. Who takes Canada serious? Nobody. Not even Canada takes Canada seriously. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So words and words and words, and they mean nothing. And Mr. Trudeau has his ideology, and he is. Th this is the other danger of the ideologies. I'm going to use Mr. Trudeau. He tries to enforce it on everyone else. If it is truly a... A, an ideology based on nature rather than warping nature to fit your ideology, you don't have to force it on everyone else. Well, All you have to do is be like, well, go ahead. Let's see what happens. Well, and then here's another thing. If you look at how these ideologies work, they don't create anything. Mm -hmm. In fact, in many cases, they actually sap things. Well, by and large, ideologies don't create anything. Well, and I'll use the modern example of the, 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 the woke, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone has commented on the woke hasn't really invented really anything. They, they keep... They place limiters, but that's it. Yeah, and they keep contorting existing cultural touchstones or mythologies and stuff like that to fit their narrative. And it's because when your, your mindset is pushing a message, pushing control, pushing a specific ideology and way of thinking and caring that everyone has to abide by, it stops becoming about creating a story growing crops everything becomes geared towards pushing your ideology and that's why you get movies like uh strange world that came out last year i think yeah where Man, it, so much wrong with it that. was so bad it had terrible like 
The writing was bad. The world building was bad. Everything, everything was, about it was bad. The, the, the core message, because the thing is, is yes, was it a semi-original idea? Yes, it wasn't based on a book or anything, because that book probably wouldn't have sold. But basically, the whole movie was supposed to be like an allegory or something, or like a metaphor, whatever, one of those things, for uh, getting off of fossil fuels and going to renewables. That was the whole point. Mm-hmm. But they were so obsessed with their really poor world building and messaging and all this stuff that they failed to realize that okay so your 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 parallel for fossil fuels is a plant that absorbs solar energy and turns it into electricity this would be the freaking renewable energy resource gold mine yep and then they turn around and they shot their ideology in the foot because it, of their blind spots to show, and they ended up inadvertently showing these renewable energy sources don't work. No, because their parallel for oil then turned into the parallel for renewables was going into, spoiler alert for anyone who was planning on seeing this. And it's if a giant, so, shame on you. It's a giant turtle. The world building is absolute trash in this one. And uh, anyway, they go... De- they, their genius plan to replace it is they're going to go into the giant turtle and start harvesting bits of its flesh. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So you, you used a renewable resource as a parallel for oil and harvesting from the bowels of the earth, which is where a lot of fossil fuels come from, mm-hmm. as your parallel for renewables. You are completely and utterly blind to your own storytelling. Yeah. Well, it's because they, they're letting ideology lead the way. And they just assume everybody else is going to, well, this is what everybody wants. That That's why movies suck now. That's why TV shows suck now. That's why even music is starting to suck. Well, if you assume Los Angeles is everywhere, then anyone that deviates from the glories of Los Angeles. And the ideologies therein. Are therefore the enemy. Well, and notice how they'll the even turn a blind eye to the glaring obvious in their face. San Francisco, San Diego, L.A. San Francisco? Yes. They, well, no, it's not like that at all. Those are the bad people because they aren't following the ideology. That's why they're pooping in the streets. Well, and here's the thing. Just to be fully honest, our own... Our own set of beliefs and observations of the world has made us fairly not against California, but the ideologies that come out of it. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the landmass itself. The landmass are even uh, probably a good chunk of the people there. Um, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, the ones on the... It's not against everybody that's there. Because I have met a couple people from there that are fairly... they're, They're decent people. At least they're trying. And they realize that their worldview before led to the shithole that they ran from. So they was actively trying to do not that and yeah. actively questioning and beating their, their, the ideology that they grew up with. Those are good people, even if they end up still believing some of the stuff, so long as they're pressure testing it. Okay. Well, it's like um, the area we live in. We are biased because of our environment. Mm-hmm. We. We physically, because we're in the Great Lakes region, effectively cannot suffer real drought. Not truly. We can, the we lakes can, would have to dry up. Yes, which would require such a drought that it would probably be cataclysmic. Yeah. 
However, that same mentality of we can't really get a drought like you can have in the Great Lakes area would be deadly in the Southwest. Yeah. It would be deadly in the Great Plains. Like, I understand. This is one of the issues. And, and we're, we're going to use ideology. It's based on ideology again. You get people in the Southwest. They're like droughts, droughts, droughts. Everybody's got to save the water, so on and so forth. They're applying that idea that there's a drought upon everywhere, upon all of America, upon all of the world. The entire world is in a drought because when they look outside, it's fucking dry and dusty, and they got to be careful how much water that they, they use. Ignore and trying to, to push that idea onto states like Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, any of them along the Mississippi, and everywhere, everywhere they're pushing their ideology upon them rather than allowing us to be like, oh, yeah, you're having a drought. That really sucks. I understand why you're rationing water. But we don't have that problem. So I'm going to water my lawn all day long and all night long. Why? Because I can. I like to walk into the bathroom and flush the toilet even when I don't take a dump. Well, and Why? Just because it's there and I like the noise it makes. Yep. I mean, I don't personally do that. But, yeah, it, it's the it's the extremes. And, and this is another thing. Our people, because of how, I, how we react to ideologies, is we are people of extremes. Like, you can kind of see the shift yeah, happening Hyperboreans now. are for sure. We swing from one extreme to the other, and we skip the middle ground in general. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like what's happening now. We are getting sick of the far-left ideologies, so we're switching to far-right ideologies. And the thing is, the people who are leaving one to go to the other don't understand either. What they're doing is they're trying to pursue, I don't want to say safety, but what they presume will solve their problems right. Well, this is causing a problem, so you do the exact opposite, but the exact opposite isn't necessarily the cure. And Here's the other thing that they're doing. You would think to go from far left to far right, they have to walk through that that middle ground, right? They don't because far left and far right, it's a circle. It's not a line. All they got to do is take one step and they're on the other side. Well, it's the example I'll use is like the thermostat. I know not everywhere has a thermostat, but our people have this bad habit of turning the thermostat to like 120 degrees, like Fahrenheit. For any European listeners. And I don't then, care. They can use Celsius. It works. <laughs> and then going all the way to 20 degrees because that was too hot. I want to be cold. Right. And then I'm cold, so I go to hot. But then... It's like an on-off. Well, yeah. And then... The, it's either heat on or air conditioning on, and those are your only choices. There, and that's the way our minds have a tendency to work if well, we're and, not careful. And this is actually how it gets worse and worse each time because you do... I don't know. You start at like 100 degrees, so that's too hot. So then you go to 30 degrees because you're too hot, so you go to cold. And then you go to 110 degrees because it's too cold, so you want to be hot. But now you're hot, so you want to be cold, so you go to 20 degrees. And so on and so forth until you're dealing with negative 80 and 210. Yeah. And Either one is death. Yes. They, they are. We are constantly doing this pendulum swing from one to the other, and it's getting worse every single time. Well, and it, it's again, I will say, it's because we're allowing ideologies to lead the way rather than nature lead the way. Well, and it's and by nature, that that is the hyperborean way. Our the nature of ourselves combined with the nature without. If my nature is to go and urinate on everyone, I'm going to go with straight straight leftist prop, uh, uh, progressive nonsense. 
Well, it's in my nature to urinate on everyone. Eventually, somebody's going to at least strike me, if not outright kill me. Well, my nature within says I must urinate on everyone. Their nature within says that they must punish me for urinating on them. That is the, the, the nature without. When the nature without and the nature within crash together, that's where reality is. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's let's it's basically the whole well how do you stop someone who does awful things? Someone reacts the other way. It's like two bears will fight if one pisses off the other or one's in yeah. the other one's territory. Just like two bears might just pass each other if there's no threat. Same with wolf packs. Wolf packs might leave each other alone or they might go to war. It's contingent on resources it's contingent on all these things it's part of the reason why in reality paganism the way is effectively um it is ideologically proof and i don't mean like it's proven i mean you it's really you can contort the way into an ideology but then but, it's no longer the way yes then it's no longer the way it's why the new age religions that try to solidify things into a single book or a single way of thinking here's your box now get in your box yeah it's creating a box you got to think outside the box to say a, a tired old saying yeah but it's like let's say you're in the woods but you're in a woods that you've never been in because there's a difference between like i don't know uh Louisiana woods and Alaskan woods. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I've used this example before. I can survive in northern woods. I might get skinny sometimes a year, and I'll get fat in other times of the year. However, you drop me in the desert, you drop me in the jungle, I'm probably screwed because I don't know how to survive in those places. No. Well, and that's the other thing is ideology often tries to have a one-size-fits-all idea. Mm -hmm. One size doesn't fit all. If you have a resource-scarce area, you may have to develop culturally or a survival strategy of managing your resources extremely, extremely closely. Whereas if you're from an area of bounty, you may have less concern over it. Yeah. Uh, quite simply, yeah. That, that's extremely true. So that's... Quite often where we, we tell people, don't just take our word on things. Go and beat it with a stick. And we don't mean go ask somebody else what they think or base it off from what's going on in your city. No, we mean literally off from nature. Take all of the information that you can. Sift through the information. Determine what's opinion from what's not opinion. And then whack the living shit out of it and see what falls off. Well, and that's the thing is people wonder, oh, is so uh, paganism is just nature worship, worship the sun, worship the mountain. No, no, that's not what it's. But it's nature is the ultimate pressure test. Nature is the ultimate judge. Nature is the ultimate. Can you survive? Yeah. Nature will perform the ultimate sort. Yes. So can you survive using your ideology in the great white north? In the desert. Right. How well does it hold up in environments where it just doesn't fucking care? Or as, as, as you pointed out so poetically once, nature is always trying to kill you. We just got really good at not dying. Yes. Well, and it's not that I'm entirely against ideologies in the sense that 
they shouldn't exist. It's that you have to be careful with them. Well, you have to think them through. Yeah. That's my thing. Because, like, I will read, I don't know, let's go with I'll read a Stoic text, right? I don't have to agree with everything in the Stoic text. I can think, hmm, I like this and this. This makes sense. I've pre- I already do well, this. How many things have we seen where we're like, I don't like that, but it's true? Well, it's like myself. I grew up with five adopted siblings from a completely different race. Mm-hmm. They, they were not hyperborean. Me coming to the conclusion that they were a different species from us was not a pleasant one for me. It's not born out of hatred. I, it was, it's painful to an extent, but it makes a lot of things click into place. And it's because I just took what most people can consider two different species, which is if you have a squirrel that's usually red and a squirrel that's usually black, and the squirrel that's usually black is about half an inch on average taller than the one that's usually red. It's a different species. This is such a small slice of disbelief. And they can breed. Mm-hmm. It's just they typically won't. So once you have that as your basis, once these two can cl- classify as different species, a six foot five tall, hairy, pale, hyperborean. Versus a borderline hairless four foot two Korean. Mostly hairless. Mostly hairless. And then bone structure and everything else. This is what lack of ideology. Because I don't need an ideology to understand they're different. But I also don't have to hate anyone for that. Right. I don't have to become inherently hostile. But on the same token, I don't need an idea. You're also not inherently accepting simply because they're different either. No. Well, it's and the only reason why I threw that in there is because of our people's tendency to flip from one extreme to the other. Oh, well, he's saying don't hate. That means that you have to love them. That is not at all. Well, I don't have to love or hate raccoons to not want them in my trash. Right. And and you can love a raccoon and still shoot the fucker in the head because it got in your trash. Well, I like beavers. I still want to eat one because you keep telling me how good they taste. Dude, they're awesome. They taste just like beaver. Just in case anybody out there is curious. Nothing tastes like beaver like a beaver does. That's good to know. <laughs> I'll have to keep that in mind. It's full of meat. Yeah, well, so's geese. Oh, uh, yes. Geese are full of meat as well. And this is, this is nature-leading ideology at that point. Yeah. Because, yes, animals are full of meat. Some of them taste good. Some of them don't. Some of them are sickening, and the idea of, of eating them is disgusting. Well, and here's the thing is, on the same token of I don't need ideology to view, based on the the status that these are different, at least subspecies, Mm -hmm. of people. On the same token, I don't need an ideology to care about my people. I don't necessarily like everyone. It's like that whole saying, my hope is in the children, not any specific child, children in general. And the same thing, I can have a belief and a... A hope and a right. Well, this is strength like the, from um, people. Conversation that we had the other day where I was just I was cranky, and I was like, I fucking hate people. And you pointed out, no, I don't. I actually like people a lot. And then I had to keep whittling it down because it's true. I do like people. I, I place a lot of hope and faith in people, but there are particular individuals or groups of individuals I really don't 
freaking like. Usually it's ones that are selfish and they're, they're well, it's like disingenuous. That, it's that old saying, if you judge America by Walmart at 3 a.m., you'd want to nuke us from orbit. Twice. Yes. Just, just to make sure nothing survived. Yes. <laughs> but my point being is I don't need an ideology to love my people. It's biological. It's instinctive. It's just the natural thing to care it's about. It's simply give, giving your people worth and value as a whole. You can really dislike certain certain individuals, and it doesn't require an ideology to do that. No, I don't need an ideology. I can just observe it. It's like even on a tribal level, there's slight variations in our people. We've noticed it. Like there's a difference between how a Gale and a German will react to the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between how a Scandinavian and a Spaniard will react to the same thing. There's the expression of the nature shifts. Yeah, slightly. And it makes sense. Uh, different historical impacts, different traits were chosen over time, different styles. It's like, and then here's the thing is, where's the line between, I don't know, style and biology? Because like uh, we have a Spanish friend, that whole Spanish mustache thing. Oh, yeah. I was shocked to find out that a true Spaniard doesn't have to shape it. It just happens. Yeah, that, that, that pointed Spanish mustache. That just happens. That is just like a Spanish ethnic trait. Their mustache just does that. They're weird. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's rather interesting. And the danger of ideologies is the blind spots. They need to be pressure tested with the way. We don't have a book because we're bigger than a book. Well, it's the same reason that I, I advocate holding the deities as separate unless you have overwhelming proof that they're the same right like Wokan. we have found a couple of them well like uh hertha she she has a lot of different spellings for her name well and it's partly due to uh Nerthis and uh several varieties of hertha actually come from a mistranslation mm -hmm. so they all basically lead back to Hertha and Ertha as two of the variations. Nerthus is basically only popular because of Jacob Nerthus Grimm. is mostly a made-up name. Yeah, it's, Because it was, I looked into it. He, he, he made it up. He jammed some shit together. Yeah, he, he chose one of the less favored translations because it supported his desire for Nerthus and Njord to be together. Yeah. And this is the other thing, is if you assume scholars are always correct and they never have anything that you need to go over... So people keep talking about Nerthus as if Nerthus and Njord were a couple. This is one supposition by Jacob Grimm that had no bearing. On anything. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just the fact that they both started It was just end. something that he desired. It was an, uh, an it ideological was not, desire. Yeah. And then, he, and then started, he warped the information to fit his ideology. You have to be very careful about, about doing that on accident. I mean, we're guilty of it as well. We, we've, we've done it as well, uh, but due to our consistent pressure testing, we've identified some of these things. Like, I don't know. Well, the church has been in control of Europe for 2,000 years. Well, no. Uh, turns out that's not true. 1,000 years. Well, depends on the area. Yeah, depends on the area. Uh, okay, then, what well, do you define as control? Years. Yeah, and then what do you define as control? Well, then... It, actually seems Christianity didn't come into true power until 1950. Yeah, if you're going by those sorts of things. Before that, it was a competing it's political It's not that entity. it wasn't there, yeah, it, it, but it was just a competing cult and a political movement because most people didn't even actually go to church prior to that. 
you're taught that they did, but when you actually look at what was going on, not really. You can point at one spot where everybody went to church. Yes, under force. These other 14 areas, nobody ever went because the monks were complaining how nobody ever showed up to service. Yeah. Funny that. So well, that's why which they one ha- is it? Well, that's it's why they both. Ha- well, they used to bribe people. Yeah. Which is another well, thing. That's why they would give out loaves of bread and bottles of wine. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing is ideology. A lot of times when it's first trying to make its roots, if it gets oh, the funding, such good people because they feed the poor. They, it's it's bait. Yeah, it's bait. That's what it is. It's. Oh, people like wine and people like bread. They like to they like to eat. Who knew? People like to eat. Eating is good. And a buzz is kind of nice. Yes. So they would actively give those out. So the ideology actually the so people eventually of course get defensive like, "Well, they're such nice people. They give food to the poor. I got drunk last night off of what they gave me." Yeah, they invite you in, they get you drunk, they we sing songs and we tell stories and we have Fantastic conversations, you know, after we get drunk. They're such wonderful people. Are they? Well, and part of the giveaway, when you start reading the folklore that people did not understand Christianity for the longest time, this is my favorite one to bring up, is the there's a tale in some versions of the Brothers Grimm where a mother sends her 12 children to the past, her 12 sons, because she wanted them to be part of the, the Christ for so, so badly that she sent her 12 sons back in time and they became the apostles. Mm-hmm. Specifically, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't think she knew the Bible very well. Well, here, here's another thing with, with ideologies, and it ties into the concept of charity. You go to most stores, they're like, would you like to... Round up to the next dollar to donate the change to insert charity. Uh, one of the last ones, uh, we actually went and bought some sporting equipment. And it was, what, youth sports or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, well, I have trust, trust issues, so no, I would rather find one of these teams, walk up to the coach, and be like, here's some money, buy equipment, gas to haul the team around, whatever it is that you guys need, and give the money directly. I've never had any... Anybody disagree agree with me on that? The most common response is a cock of the head, and yeah, that makes sense. Even when it comes to like the some of the hospital ones, they're like, yeah, you're actually further off giving money to directly to the families that need the help rather than that hospital because I already know how they're spending most of the money. Well, and this is the other thing ideology tends to do. And, and it's not all of them. Some of them are fairly different because ideology is a broad term. Yes. So like... Oh, dude, it is so big. So there's extremely low government ideologies and there's extremely big government ideologies. And these are going to be radically different from each mm-hmm. other. But on average, there tends to be a, a central authority that then starts to be put in a position of power and trusted. Mm-hmm. So, and this is usually how you end up with zealots because the zealots are in a society that somewhat enforces this belief. And then they, this is what I've said before. Zealots are not true believers. Zealots are heretics that wish that they were true believers. Zealots are going to try to make people believe that they believe. And they do that by enforcing the belief violently. Right. Of the ideology, even though 
whether it's a religion, whether it's a political spectrum, because and some of the people following the ideology might be true believers. Well, but then you got the zealots who are the enforcers, which gets everybody to just go along with that ideology. Well, and the funniest thing is ideologies by their very nature. Uh, it, actually, people understand that they need to be pressure tested. Yeah. And not only that they need to be pressure tested, that they also have to be theirs. That's why when people join a religion, they always try to rationalize that they are that group. You know, like everyone's the lost tribe of Jews when you're Christian or someone converts to Hinduism and they're like, I'm a reincarnated Hindu princess. Yeah. Or anything. Or whatever it is. Or whatever it is. But then they also try to argue, like people will argue communism is natural, that that is nature. And then other people will argue capitalism is nature. Democracy is nature. They argue, they consistently argue not only that this is something that is always, has always been ours, even if we didn't know it, but that it is a natural thing. Right. They try to place the ideology as if it's already been pressure tested. And they set it up so that you cannot actually pressure test that. Yeah. They claim it's already been pressure tested. It's like having a car that needs to get all of its safety checks and then just checking all the boxes and being like, it's done. Yeah. Which has been done with planes. And and you've read about them when they fall out of the sky. It, it's it happens. It it really does happen. It's why we why we encourage people to actually think about the things that we that we say and the things that we present. Think about them. Pressure test them. Whack them with a stick. And like a couple of the people that we talk to on a regular basis, they're like, it's weird because you guys say these things. I already know, but I didn't realize that I knew them. It's just the general way that we're doing. We're not teaching anybody a completely new thing. We're just pointing at a thing and saying, hey, look at that. that that's all that we do. But sometimes you need somebody to do that. You need somebody to be like, yeah, why are you using the wrong end of the hammer? Oh, shit, I am holding it upside down. I don't know why I was doing that. I knew I was using a hammer, but I was using it upside down and backwards. Sometimes you need the person to stand there and go, that's, that's weird. Why are you doing that that way? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. And then all of a sudden, they, they, it's like something clicks in their head, and then they're like, oh, shit, I already knew this. Well, and it's... Part of the reason that we tend to dismiss ideologies really is because most of them have been pressure tested or they work, but they work in specific subsets. It's like which means that they don't really work. Yeah. Well, like socialism on a continent wide level ain't going to work, mm -hmm. but almost every family has some level of socialism, even communism. Yeah. You don't be like, all right, Timmy, you are one year old. I'm afraid you haven't done enough chores, so I'm going to have to fire you. You're going to have to find somewhere else to live. Yes. Exactly. That doesn't work if you want, I don't know, people to survive. Yes. However, countrywide socialism, it might work for really tiny countries that are homogenous and not just biology, but of thought and spirituality, their place in nature. It might work in a really, really small country because some countries are so damn small. They're like, you got the village, the field, and then like five miles of forest outside of it. There are some really tiny countries. Socialism might work there. However, when you get to the size of a country where it's sea to shining sea, that no longer works. No. Well, and on the same toe, but basically 
both of these, when they are treated as the sole and correct ideology, mm-hmm. is where the issue comes in. And that, that's sort of how we pay- have the one truth, the only truth, the one true, the one true, true. And here's the thing it is like in paganism. There is no de- deity because I've had people accuse me of being an atheist before. What they mean is that I don't treat any of the gods like a Yahweh figure. Mm-hmm. I view all the gods as equally legitimate. In the same sense, I view the Shinto gods, the Hindu gods, the African gods, the Amerindian gods also as equally legitimate. In the Not necessarily all their stories because they tend to be a little... Well, and the thing is, you don't view them as legitimate for our people. No. The Shinto gods are for the... Yeah, Amaterasu is for the Japanese. Krishna is for the Dravidians. uh, They just aren't ours. But do they exist? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... So long as their people exist, they exist. Yeah, it's like, even the Greek gods, I'm not Greek. You've commented before, I kind of look like some of the Spartan statues, but that's... Who knows? But I'm not Greek. So the Greek gods are, they're interesting. They're they're, 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 they still fit within the broader bio-spirit, folk soul, blood memory, whatever, of our people. But none of them are my deities. They're not tied by blood. At most, they're like a really interesting neighbor. Like, I find Dionysus fascinating, Hephaestus, Hercules, Asclepius. I find those sorts of deities really interesting. But I'm not going to venerate any of them necessarily because they're not my gods right well and with the ideologies too because we're getting in towards the end now we got a few minutes left so don't panic but we got to be careful not to be like the wild mustang born in a zoo so he's a horse describing to the other horses in the zoo what it's like to run across the open plains and what that means and how to survive there because he has no fucking idea. He was born in a zoo. He grew up in a zoo. He's always lived in a zoo. He might have ran, but only across the area allowed to him by the zoo. He hasn't pressure tested how to survive and what it means to survive out in the Great Plains. Well, he it, doesn't understand the... The wild Mustang. Well, he doesn't understand... The mountain lion, he doesn't understand the bear. And he'll go in one of two directions, most likely, because, well, I've got a bear friend that's in the cage right next to mine. They're really cool. So when you're out there, you don't have to worry about the bears at all. This isn't true. However, another one, another one of these wild Mustang might hate that bear. And he's like, you got to beware of all the bears out in, the, out in the world because they'll just rip you up and eat your hind legs. Also not true. They all won't do that. However, if you're prepared for it as a possibility and you're able to fight back, willing to fight back, if you understand these things, you're just you're just aware you're better suited for doing it. Well, and actually, this is one of the most common in our modern culture, ideological beliefs that actually has no bearing if you actually interact with animals, which is animals have no personality. They're pure instinct. They're basically flesh robots. This is something I've heard plenty of people say more or less, that animals have no emotions, they have no desires, they are just, they're basically like NPCs. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's had a pet dog, a pet pet hamster, a pet bird, who has watched 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 the squirrels and how they behave, watched foxes, watched opossums, 
No, they have their own personalities, their own quirks. They're just different from us. Yeah. They're not us, so of course they're not going to think exactly like us. And some of them are dumber, and some of them, I would argue, are about as smart as us. Like, horses are probably about as smart as us, based on what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, and that argument could be made, but, well, how can you... They will never create the great and fine poetry. Well, why would they? Well, They are perfect at being a horse. It doesn't mean that they're stupid. And even if they are, let's go with a stupid animal. Squirrels are dumb. They are dumb. But they are the best at being a squirrel, and they will do things that you can never do. So to say, well, you suck because I can't throw you out of a plane a hundred times in a row, and you just don't never, you never die from landing on the ground because you never reach, uh, what is that called, uh, fatal velocity? Uh, terminal velocity. Terminal velocity. Squirrels never reach terminal velocity. Does that mean that you suck because you do? Well, no, you're just different. Well, yeah. And this comes back to the whole, it's about nature, but it's not about nature. It's not about worshiping the sun. It's a lot like horoscopes, for Well, worship just means what? To give value to? To give value to. I'm sure people value the sun. I do, but I don't pray to it. No, but, well, it's like, there's the ideological and then there's the practical. Let's go with that. And practicality differs area to area because there's different levels of practicality, different reasons for practicality. I'm not saying one way of practicality is better than the other. But ideologically, a lot of people will treat horoscopes as a form of fortune telling. And it is as a game. But it's not old. The horse, the, the constellations they use for the horoscopes are part of a giant clock. That was what they were used for. It's like, oh, the sun's in, I don't know, Scorpio right now. It's this. It, that means it's this time of year. means we should probably do this. That's the practical side of these things. And the stories are to help you memorize them. Mm-hmm. And then you have the ideological horoscope thing where it becomes about fortune telling and the mysticism. And Which all is all just fine so long as you're not letting it lead the way. It's like um, when we was, we was talking about... Uh, the great heathen god of uh, groundhog oh yeah well it's a lot of he, he people, does one thing yeah he only does it well sometimes yeah very rarely actually he tells the weather basically and he's, and he's wrong. wrong almost all the time but that doesn't matter well this is how i would describe it is most people try to take one of the pagan gods and make them pretty much all powerful mm-hmm. i've seen this so many times Here's the thing, though. This is how pagan gods work. You can have a god who is, like you just mentioned, the groundhog from American folklore, who is a primordial cause. Yes, yes, this is actually the lore. It's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek. Primordial cosmic deity who is the one true prophet, the seer of seers, the prognosticator of prognosticators. Buxatani Phil is but a pretender to his throne, and all he does is predict the weather, and not well. (laughs) <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Yes. Uh, same with there's the great Sanashi, the, the great storyteller. All he does is know all the stories. And he can't even tell you one coherently because they all, even though he has them all they straight all in his head. simultaneously. In his head. So if he says one, he might get them all mixed up or he might start at the end and begin at the middle. And it's a whole. Get all Tarantino about it. And, and the thing is, even talking to you. 
he might introduce himself 15 times because he's not sure if you've actually met yet. Yeah, he could be, and he might actually end the conversation. Or if you're even actually there. Yeah, he might start the conversation with the end, or he might start talking to you like you're somebody else because he is thinking you're somebody else that he's going to talk to later or that he talked to 20 years ago. Yeah. That's another pagan deity. And he's amazing. Yes. Or um, what's another one that's kind of Asclepius? He just does medicine, but is, but and then this is and this is my my favorite part about Asclepius. His best medicine is not doing medicine. Yes, the the cult of Asclepius is basically rest, adorable dog, eat, get clean. That that is the major. Then we'll see what's wrong. Yeah, but they they were able to help cure glaucoma and all these other diseases and stuff like that. And that brings me to the other thing is if anyone tries to claim, and I got to get this in here, that they are a priest or a priest just means elder or or father or father. Priest just means elder or father. So the elder of a cult of a medical god like Asclepius is going to be the best doctors, the best healers, the best apothecarians. Same with, I don't know, uh, Aphrodite. Uh, the elders of Aphrodite are going to be the best matchmakers, the best lovers, the best companions, the best courtesans, the best of... And there's more to these deities than just that. Yeah, but it's not just somebody that learned it from a book. It's somebody that can actually do these things. Well, and that's the and funny... And teach somebody else how to actually do them. Well, and that's the other thing is the great son of she, Asclepius, the groundhog. All of these deities... While they're not all powerful, they are more than just the little thing they are. Like, the groundhog is more than just predicting the weather, but that's all he does. It's just there's more to him than predicting the weather. Because you can use the groundhog in stories in ways that don't make any sense. It's it's a lot of depends. Yes. It's... But... It's really hard on an ideological side to take paganism or the way without completely warping it like mo- so many political and ideological groups have done before. Well, I'm going to break to make it, it right fit now. What you want. You got to make sure that the way is leading the ideology, not the ideology leading the way. And this can be hard. It can be confusing. But if you're putting the ideology first, you're going to warp the way into something that's not. If, however... You put the way first, the Hyperborean way, the way of our people first, and the way of our people within nature, and all of that comes first. The ideology is going to, you're going to end up developing an ideology to go with it, but it's going to be an ideology that you're constantly pressure testing. Well, it's going to be fluid, because the thing is, is if you think that you have to plant on the spring equinox every freaking year and no matter where you are actually something bad is going to happen and probably soon yeah. because like whenever a priestly class from the christian church would take over any area or even a priestly class from pagan times would take over an area and start demanding how and when you the great plant. potato famine yeah let's famine start with that. happens every time all right uh so we're out of time i am going to uh, say hey if you made it this far congratulations you are a champion make sure to follow us on telegram and join our patreon and uh, keep an eye out for the website etc cetera, etc cetera. and see you guys next week well and I'll just say everyone has an ideology the trick is to not let the ideology rule you use it as a tool 
and let it be pressure tested and let it be fluid. Let it adapt as need be.